Anybody here ever read of Frankenstein? Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah. No, Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein is not a book, Mike. Wait, what? What do you wait? No, wait. it's not. <laughs> Bride of Frankenstein is a thing they made for a Universal Monster. I think the official name is Bride of Frankenstein's Monster. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> it's actually uh, Tomas. Tomas was the monster's name. <laughs> <laughs> Never fear, it's another episode of Full Metal Analysts! Welcome to our show where Freerise analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guest today is a friend of the show and a voice actor. Please welcome back returning champion, David Arrigo Jr. Hey! I don't know why you're a champion, Arthur. <laughs> returning I, champion. You know, I will take it. I will take any victory I can in this life. <laughs> well, didn't we cut out that whole segment where he beat us all up? <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. The whole deathmatch thing. I showed a lot of restraint by not killing any of you. Yes. I really appreciate Thank that. You, I want to say. By the way, well, I, I figured it'd be good for the listeners. I'm really glad we stopped doing the death matches before we had Sadiq Yusuf on mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. I don't even think we told him about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> this week we are discussing the episode Ice Queen, and let's talk a little bit about the episode's director and writer. This episode was directed by Keiko Oyamada. We already talked about them. They directed multiple FMA episodes, including Beast. Dublin and the arrogant Paul of a small human. They also were an animation director for Animaniacs, and those are the facts. <laughs> this episode was written by Shotaro Suga, already talked about them, wrote the previous episode, The Northern Wall of Briggs. I wonder if we're going to see that more often where the writers write two episodes in a row now that everything is really continuous and serialized more than they were before. And now it's time for us to do our improvised recap. This is the segment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21 second improvised recap of the episode we just watched. And that person will be chosen by the roll of a dice. If mm he -hmm. lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If he lands on three, it's Mike. And if he lands on four, it's our guest, David. Mm. So let's roll the dice. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Three. <laughs> Oh. That's fine, I can do this. Mike, oh, there's literally like three or four things that happen in this whole episode, so you should be able to do this. I believe in you. Three, two, one, go. So Ed and Al uh, start off and like they find out about like, oh, we need a different kind of alloy up here. And then this guy's like, oh, don't tell him secrets. And then this lady's like, you know, hey, you know my brother? Oh, let's not talk about it. And then Sloth attacks them and they don't know him. And, uh, you know, they have a plan to kill him and or stop him or something. And they're like, what's going on? And they're like, we can't tell you. And that's it. You know what? I'll give that to you. That was 21 seconds and 76 mini seconds, whatever the mm, milliseconds, I think. You did skip chatting with the Inishvalan, though. Or Ishvalan. Yes. Oh, right. Me. There's an Ishvalan chat. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. The weirdest <laughs> part of this episode. Yeah. It's like Ed just like is blatantly racist to him, I felt. Yeah, but you also killed one of my friend's family members <laughs> and you messed up our vacation spots. <laughs> Nobody's ever talked to me like that. <laughs> I appreciate nice. the cut of your gym, you little racist. <laughs> Guys, you're forgetting the part where Ed says that he's not racist. He basically <laughs> says, I don't see color. By the way, I believe that all races are equal. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Why is it that whenever I hear the words, I don't see color or I don't see races, it's always the white people who say it. It's like, it's never, it's never a black character going, I don't see race. It's like, well, it's because they have the luxury to do so, right? He's a Mestrian. He's not quite white. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't, don't get me started on this. We already he talked about it. He has blue eyes. No, he has gold eyes. 
He has gold eyes. Oh my God, Arthur, are you even watching the same <laughs> show? <laughs> so this episode, it's very interesting because in terms of if we had to quantify the number of things that happened in this episode, it'd probably be the same number of things that happened in The Fear of Sun, which is an episode we didn't like. Right. Mm. But because the first half was about getting used to this new location, and then the second half was about the introduction of a new villain, it didn't feel aimless like that episode did. You know, there was a lot of new material and also it maintained really good tension for the second half, at least. It was cool. It was exciting. Uh, when, when this episode ended, it was like, ah, right. <laughs> if I wasn't yeah. doing a podcast right now, I would be watching the rest. Interestingly enough, as compared to my last appearance here with you guys, instead of watching the whole thing again, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just didn't have the time this time. But I stopped after this episode. I tried to catch myself up like two episodes prior and everything like that. So I get it. I like I totally feel that feeling of like, oh man, I actually really do need to watch this next one. But I wonder how this will inform my experience on the podcast by not having the same sort of like immediacy of the knowledge of what comes next. I want to throw out that the panda made it okay, if we can have a quick brief segment of panda talk. No, we can't. Cue the music. No. Just play play right. the theme song, but like play it really no, fast. No, it's not. <laughs> not gonna play. <laughs> Out of, we're like watching this show. Our housemate Jane, you know, she just like walks by and she pretty much ignores the show, ignores us while we're watching it, you know. But when the panda comes on, she goes, "Hey, the panda!" You should have seen Michelle's face. Okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> so she expresses that she likes the panda. She no, gives no, a panda she said, expression. Hey, the panda. And she with like with he would joy, say, "Hey, an ice cream truck." Like, no, I no, with joy that. in her heart. Like she was greeting an old friend. No, you know what? I, I bet the people at home are thinking, like, "Wow, the panda must have made." a really big effect no it's just like that's what happens when you hang around mike at any time because he just does not shut up about this freaking panda and like <laughs> i feel like a baby recognizes a panda if they hang around next to mike i mean it's it's a fun little character right and he's yeah it's cute. a fun he's character he's really cute <laughs> i i mean i would rub his belly <laughs> all right this has been another episode of panda talk our most popular segment let's talk about some of the topics that are brought up with this episode I want to start off by talking about Olivier. I remember from the first time I watched this show that Olivier was one of the characters that left the most impact on me. But I think she's going to suffer from what I call Rave Mustang Syndrome, which is now that I'm older, I really don't like her. <gasps> As a character isolated and all that, I think she's fine. It's just that I think within the context of Full Metal Alchemist's story about the military and about how, you know, this nation is rotten to the core and <laughs> it's all in service of a literal immoral man who wants to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Having a character be like, I really want to use this to, like, attack my enemies. Ah, uh, there's no discrimination in my platoon. But also, if you don't follow my orders, fuck you. I just don't like military characters. And I think I'm just <laughs> not going to like her at all. I don't share her values. She feels very real to me. I feel like there are people who do share those values. And See, that and is, that's like, a an real interesting thing. thing, Mike. Because I was just going to say, to me, it looks like she's pushing on some level, what that creates for me is an extra level of interest in this character. We're not getting all of the story. She has created a version of herself right. that is larger than life. And that's what we're seeing. It makes me feel like there is more something under the surface. I mean, as much as she's accusing them of not <laughs> revealing everything, she's hardly revealing anything, right? Like. She's obviously got some kind of strained relationship with her brother. I think she has some kind of strained relationship with the overall military. 
I think that what she's doing feels personally important to her in some way, like talking about protecting this gate. Yeah, it seems like instead she kind of has her own little thing going on up at the wall, you know, and it's more about manning the wall and protecting the border than it is loyalty to the military itself. I don't know. Right. I feel like that translates into loyalty to the military itself. <laughs> she, it is. Mm. The reason why she's like, I will let you guys stay around is because she literally says, I think we could use this as a weapon. She is interested in developing weapons, but I think, again, it's these weapons are for her to use. I don't think she intends to share these weapons with the rest of the military. Like, Briggs soldiers are like a class of their own, in a way. What is she protecting here? Like, she's not protecting her home. She's protecting the border against this one other nation. Like, you can say it's an individual thing as much as you want, but in the end of the day, she is working for the military, you know? She is. It's like when you hear about soldiers who fight in a war, and they're interviewed and asked what they fight for, they almost never say, for my country. They say for their fellow soldiers. Mm -hmm. For me, the way that we're talking about her, it's kind of giving me Captain America vibes, right? Like, when you talk about Captain America during Civil War, either in the MCU or in the comics, Steve gets this really wonderful sort of character evolution where for however long he was the Boy Scout, right? Doing what the man told him to do. But what you learn about him as a character through that story arc is that he is more interested in doing what is right than doing what his supposed leaders tell him to do. And that's kind of the vibe that I get from General Armstrong is that she's like, listen, I'm going to do things the way that I want to do them because I feel it's the right way to do it. I'm not saying that she is as unimpeachable in character as Steve Rogers or anything like that. I'm not even saying that Steve Rogers is unimpeachable in character, but... There is something admirable about someone sticking to their morality set. Their set of principles, right? Anybody who works in any way for like a, I guess, authoritarian regime can't be fully condoned. But I think we can just say time will tell with this character. Yeah. Right. She's an interesting and cool character, whether you can sort of support her or not. But Michelle's going to hate her anyway. I didn't say that. <laughs> Hate her more than he did. I just want to say, I'm not I'm not trying to sexualize anything. You know, I'm really not. I'm just saying the hot takes cracked me up for our last episode about her lips. <laughs> this time, I'll like, because I, I didn't notice it. And now this time I'm like, yeah, how did I not notice that? <laughs> She's the only anime character with lips. David, I thought of you when they gave him the job of scraping the ice. Okay. I was like, you know what David's thinking right now? Why doesn't he use his alchemy to do this? <laughs> Uh, you know, there's a, just occasions, right? You know, the, the digging of the grave and, and so, like menial chores. Why don't you just make your life easier? Do the thing. <laughs> Julie, do the thing. If it's easy, it's not fun. Because scraping ice is fun? Well, you get what I mean. <laughs> you see Al scraping the ice and then Ed trying to scrape the ice. <laughs> it's too short. Yeah. I mean, that's a good little character thing, you know. Well, if they if they hadn't used their alchemy, they wouldn't meet the, that guy from uh, Central. Oh, yeah, that guy. That guy. What is that guy's name? I forget his name. Valman. The yeah, guy who got he... removed from the career track? Yeah, and he runs <laughs> off crying. Yes, that was a fun little moment. <laughs> we don't know him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about we don't know him. Him is Sloth. Okay. He's awesome. Like he's like this unstoppable force, but what balances him out? He does he's not controllable. Like he'll fall asleep randomly or he'll He's, he keeps complaining about digging a hole. Like somebody must have told him to dig a hole. And I guess he's like begrudgingly doing it. And 
it's not even like he's fighting them. It's more like he's just trying to get them out of his way, and he sort of hates that he has to do all this, and it's boring. See, and that's that's one of the interesting things that did pop up into my brain during this episode, the moment where he goes, back to digging, or whatever he says. <laughs> that's really good. And um, <laughs> just goes and he starts doing it. When I think of sloth and laziness and things like that, I'm like, why is he as sort of gung-ho about this? And it really could be as simple as, well, the episode is only 22 minutes, so he's got to do something at some point. But, like, I don't know. I just had a little moment when he went back to it, and I was like, wow, he seems a little eager to do that for someone who is named Sloth. David, I had the same thought. Yeah, he is complaining, but, like, his sin is Sloth. But basically, he still just does regular stuff. He just complains while he's doing it. <laughs> Also, he does it very slowly. So maybe that's it. Maybe their interpretation of sloth is that, like, you're lazy if a little, like, acquiescent to instruction. He's basically Eeyore from Winnie <laughs> the Pooh. He's just going, man, what a drag. I don't want to do this. Being hurt hurts. What? <laughs> yeah. I think it was very underwhelming. Oh, yeah? I thought it was cool. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just felt like every other homunculus got a really cool introduction or a really cool moment. His introduction was that he literally was like, I guess I'm digging. And then he pops up from the ground. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and he just stands there for most of it going, what? <laughs> He's well, like but it's me so in up. keeping with his character. That, right. Maybe that's why I don't feel underwhelmed, and maybe it's why in those other moments I'm like, wait, but he's doing too much. Well, but what is he doing? Digging his hole and, like, going about it, getting to business. But why? Who told him to do this? This is why I'm interested. Mm. I, well, this I'm is the mystery, into right? this because he's not going to tell you. He has no interest <laughs> in talking. You know, like, we're just going to have to figure out, like, how this game piece this new game piece is in play yeah unlike other homunculi he's not gonna reveal anything like we're just gonna have to figure it out you know what i mean like i like that he's sort of a blunt instrument doing a blunt thing and i just don't understand why or what could who wants this hole dug in the middle of this thing like what what is going on i'm i'm intrigued i'm into Bugs it bunny he wants to get albuquerque uh, <laughs> i think that's what keeps it from being a boring introduction right it's that other stuff that you're talking about it's like what's he doing yeah well okay i want to talk about the location of briggs which i thought was much needed at this point i think the show really needed a, an injection of new characters and places and things to explore exploring the place and being showed all the different areas i just thought it was a really cool i don't have that much more to say about it i just thought it was cool this is where we keep the ball pits and the bouncy houses <laughs> yeah uh we can talk about your <laughs> the uh, room? he is impervious to fire comment that i think we had off air oh right because the other homunculi clearly are not <laughs> impervious to fire or bullets right? they right. can heal but they're not impervious yeah this guy seems a little more a little hardier <laughs> Doesn't Sloth say something along the lines of like, it's hot in here. Or something. Where's the ball pits? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a trampoline? <laughs> Sorry for anybody who can actually do deep voices. I know I'm like two octaves too high. Wait, what the hell? You just did a good You were voice. doing great. You were fantastic. <laughs> that was kind of incredible. I thought it was funny when they said, that he's going up to development because my first thought was like a bunch of people like making paper airplanes <laughs> and like brainstorming and drinking smoothies on, on a- Post-its on, all over the like wall. Like a couch. Yeah, post-its <laughs> everywhere. Like, come on guys, weapons, think weapons. Electricity, fire, what could we, we do? What could we do? 
<laughs> okay, so we're writing a new Star Wars story. Which yeah, one? I, which I, was about to say that. I was about to say that. I was going to say there, it's a bunch of people reading books. Going like, what if we do a show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have an idea for the sequel. I have to get to development. <laughs> well, Spasov was like, I am attached as a director. <laughs> I bought the rights for this book, and you have to use me as a director. Let Slot, me please, please stop digging. Produce. This is a safe place. <laughs> Vin, Vin Diesel. Who let Vin Diesel in here? <laughs> we don't know him. <laughs> Family. Family. <laughs> That's great. I feel like with this episode... And I think it'll be evident when you go back and edit this too. There is so m little to talk about that happened in the episode. Yeah. Right? I think it's how we've gone on to so many tangents is that like, mm -hmm. you know, w when I said to Mike at the beginning, like three, maybe four things happened in this episode. But they were cool. Yeah, sure, sure. But I like, it's not, it's not like involved <laughs> stuff. Like yeah. as soon as Sloth shows up, it's not like you get a lot of deep... Um, no, meaningful it's just things happening. It's just oh shit! Now we have to react to this, and that's basically the whole um, second half after the Full Metal Alchemist, right? Right. Yeah. Is when he shows up, and you're just like, okay, cool, cool, great. We're not really learning much. It's why I think the writers having the writers do two episodes at a time makes sense at this point because there's not as much to write. You know, you're kind of extending stuff out. Dang. Yeah, you're executing. We've, we've been building all this time. Yeah, and I think the show is way more bingeable at this point than it was earlier. Mm. But the early seasons are my favorite because it's really dense. I actually think I kind of agree with that. Yeah. This episode is just like a title away from just being a two-parter. Oh, yeah, like, to be continued. Yeah. It just ends in the middle of, like, a moment. <laughs> it does not feel... Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm making a new show. It's called... Partial Plastic Chemist. We're going to need some new voices for it. There's seven deadly sins in it, but because of IP reasons, we can't do any of the ones you're familiar with. Mm. So we have some different sins, and David, I was wondering if you could <laughs> sort of audition for these other deadly sins, these kind of alt sins. You know, it is a pandemic, and we all need as much work as we can get. I will I will happily audition for these new sins or different <laughs> That's why sins David's a professional. Thank you for coming out, by the way. So we're just going to tell you the names of the sins, and then you can give us uh, sort of your best voice. Okay. Tardiness. Oh, you guys. <laughs> so uh, I, I was on my way here and I, I thought I thought that everything would be fine. But I really I just did not. I didn't anticipate the traffic on the road <laughs> up to the wall. And, and, and it just I'm, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I, I know I'm late, but it's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next one is basicness. <laughs> Basicness? Which, is that a sin? Which I naturally oh, want to like align with tardiness because like in my head I'm like, so I would have been here, but I had to get my pumpkin spice latte and there was, they were like out of something, some guy behind the counter I had to go back to the back and like, I don't know. Yeah, those, those two are close. It's sort of like pride and wrath. Okay. The next one is smelliness. That's not a sin. That's to me. <laughs> oh, you think you've got a chance against <laughs> oh, me? Well, you're not going to be able to take me <laughs> my stench. <laughs> that's, oh, gross. That's, yeah, that's, that's my crazy. favorite. 
That's yeah, like he's like <laughs> and least favorite. You're hired. Yeah, I can see he's sort of like oozing kind of like pus all the time. Oh yeah, Flemmy, just oh. all kinds oh. of infections. Uh, okay, our next one is clumsiness. Can you be French? <laughs> That's French. Um, uh, okay, I, I will take that direction. Oh, I am um, very sorry. <laughs> I did not mean. <laughs> To, I did not mean to hit you right into your eyeball. I was actually uh, just trying to walk over and um, yeah. Please give you, just give me uh, my drink, please. Handshake. <laughs> I, I, can you, I can you just to... pour my drink? Well, uh, uh, not well. Well, this different thing. Uh, different guy. Not not Russian. We are going uh, <laughs> with the French. You know, I didn't notice that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I am a professional and I have standards. So basically, Inspector Clouseau, right? <laughs> oh, I love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hamburger. That's like my one of my favorite bits in film. You ready for the next one? Boringness. It sounds like Mike. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> You're the one who's just clicking and clacking all day instead of hanging. Oh, I'm editing my podcast. Ooh. It's our podcast, Mike. So what we're going to do in order to solve the problem? is sit oh, here and think that we can figure out a solution. Come up with another one. <laughs> without that was, that was having to boring. do any Arthur, real hurry. hard work. All right, work, okay. All right, thank you, thank you. Uh, thanks, thanks. That's great. That's great. good. All right, next <laughs> one. <laughs> we got one more. Really, really, really oldness. What was that you said? What were you saying? Uh, 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 really cold. There's a oh. there's a nice coldness, young man. And even this is this is very uh, obviously stereotypical. Uh, this is sinfully old. And, <laughs> uh, and, and about him being really, 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 really old. Is wow. he getting I'm... farther away? <laughs> no, no. This I is was... an old man walking backwards. <laughs> He's slowly <laughs> walking backwards into a grave. Running yeah. out of air, young man. <laughs> well, thank you for coming in, sir. Can, can I give you my take on that last one? Yes. Hey, I'm really, really old here. Oh, Damn. that's kind of cool. You know what, though? It's a, a little on the nose, but I get it, and I like that. That was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> you did extremely well, considering how on the spot I put you. Like, <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm a very big fan of smelliness. I think uh, smelliness for the win. I'm, I'm thinking of sort of doing a big rewrite on the series uh, based on that character. Maybe a spinoff. Great. Yeah. So to those who don't know, two episodes ago, we began a new segment. Uh, we check in with our other anime correspondent, Natunzi Rapelli, as he makes his way towards Fullmetal Alchemist. And he's here again today. Hopefully he is in the world of Fullmetal Alchemist, but uh, let's check in with him. How are you doing, Natunzi? As always, thank you for those warm, sweet, sweet words of yours. I'll be honest, I got close to Japan, but my, my, my flight took a little stopover in Alaska, home of the Great North, which is a new Fox show. Uh, I'll tell you what, bad, bad is what I would call it. It got a lot of great voice actors, Nick Offerman, Jenny State, Will Forte, even Alanis Morissette, but boy, howdy, is it painfully boring, much like the Great North itself. My apologies to the great state of Alaska. Goodbye, and I'll see you on the other side of the uh, the thing. This is like 80% of our budget. Yeah. His travel <laughs> expenses are insane. He's supposed to be going to a mistress, not Japan. 
And how do you expense 10 soups in one day? Not for nothing. And you don't have to keep this in. What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> so here's a context for you, David. Uh... <laughs> It makes sense if you've been watching, if okay. you've been listening to I'm it. a little behind. He was supposed to be a guest, and he instead watched all of My Hero Academia. Oh, I love <laughs> that show. And we were like, you know what? We should use that. And we came up with a bit that he's our other anime correspondent, and so that he's making his way here and checking on other animes. <laughs> so he's talking about The Great North, which is a new cartoon. All right. Well, I, I, feel, I feel edified. You know what it's not? It's not our most popular segment. That, <laughs> unfortunately, is still... Mikey at the Bat! Yeah, oh, no, Mikey no, at the Bat. It's actually Mikey at the Bat, so you don't have to finish your thought, Mike. Thanks so much no, for... It's, thanks it's so much for bringing it up. In fact, Mike! <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's time for us to go into the actual most popular segment. The beloved, the adored, Mikey at the Bat! Yeah! yeah. This is a segment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in the next week's episode based only on the title and the thumbnail. Can you tell us what's happening in this thumbnail for next week's episode, The Shape of This Country? In the thumbnail, we have Kimberly with his little roach antenna holding what looks <laughs> like two philosopher's stones. One is long and one is spherical. I think we're going to get into... Okay, all right. Well, I guess we're going to catch up with Kimberly. He's been injured. He was horribly injured the last time we saw him. I think we're going to see, like, Olivier's forces versus... I don't... Okay, I don't know. I actually don't know. All right, this is what it's going to be about. It's going to... We're going to talk about the shape of the country. We're going to talk about what the plan was. Kimberly is going to talk while he's recovering. He's going to tell somebody about, like, the real reason that they invaded Ishval. Why... And it's going to be a flashback episode where Kimberly explains what his role was in all of this and why Amestria is shaped how it is and why the alchemy in Ishval is different. That's what I think. Now that Mike has made his prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale for one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by giving it... Oh boy, I complain way too much for it to be... I'm going to give it a three. Anybody disagree with that? No, that's actually... That's where I was going to land too. Yep, it's three. Pretty good. Yep, feels that, right. Those are my thoughts. I'm going to give it a three. I mean, I feel like if you listen to this episode so far, you know why. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a three. It was a solid episode. We get Olivier. We get Glasses Guy. We get Sloth. A solid three stars. I will give it an enthusiastic three stars. As There's you know, no, you like, just say what the grade is. Stop <laughs> going enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm enthusiastic about giving it three stars. You see these three stars? They show you the way. Jesus. What the hell? <laughs> Good smiley little episode. Can I drop David going, what the fuck was that again? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? I just want to say, I mean, look, it was a good episode. It was solid. I was entertained. I really was. I, I watched something. I really was really good. Michelle shushed me throughout the entire thing. I had a headache. Oh. Not tonight, honey. He had a headache. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't like, wow. Oh, and it wasn't like, holy shit, that was the best episode I've ever seen. So I'm just three stars, you know, and I'm and I feel good about it. You know, in the past, I have been enthusiastic about giving the three stars, but I begrudgingly gave them this time. Feel good about it. David? Oh, I gave mine. I said I'm in there with the three. Oh, for wow. sure. This might be our first ever 
across the board. Wow, yeah, yeah that's the first consensus. time we ever agreed on a grade. I mean, I can't remember who said they don't like to give the whole stars. Was that you, Michelle, or was it you, No, Mike? that's me. Yeah, it's not no half stars. No, you stars. mean I don't like to give percentages. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm not a down. All the media, I feel you can sort of loop into one of these five-star things. It's like one-star stuff is unwatchable. Two-star stuff has something okay about it, but it's not good. Three is okay. Four is good. Five is amazing. And that's it. There's nothing else. What about six stars? That means it's like, holy shit. <laughs> what about eight stars? Eight stars would be like the Little Mermaid good. <laughs> what? Wait, Sorry. Okay. That's, your, that's the eight star movie that you is, go for? That is Little the, Mermaid? That is the threshold for Michael. <laughs> that's the touchstone film. And if you don't want to get stuck digging a giant hole under the ground, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analysts.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to the next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. David, I want to thank you so much for coming. Is there anything you want to plug? Thank you for having me, first off. But I want to plug Kuriko's Basketball on Netflix because I play Furihata and it has just been so much fun to record the English dub of that show. I just also think it's really cool and worth watching, especially for, you know, fans of anime. It's very different from Full Metal, obviously. Yeah. But it's just such a fun show because it's the crossroads between like sports and superpowers turning like basketball matches into battles. I'm enjoying doing it and watching it actually. I am uh, at Arigo Voice, E-R-R-I-G-O-V-O-I-C-E. And that's also me on Instagram. Before you go, David, we want you to do your best Full Metal Alchemist just like the interstitials. Alrighty, Full Metal Alchemist. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.